Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, conversationalists. It is Eric Erickson here. It is an open line Tuesday because I'm stepping out for Christmas after this. 877-973-7425 is the number. Programming note for you, I will be back on Christmas Day. Uh, me and actually pre-recorded interviews with a number of pastors. I, I don't have a guest host on, on Christmas or call screener for that matter. So uh, I put the show together for you guys and I interviewed for the first time, my current pastor. I have never wanted to interview my pastor, not because I didn't think he had something interesting to say. I didn't want him to be exposed as my pastor because he'd get hate mail. But he gets hate mail because people know I go to his church. So I'm like, I mean, cat's out of the bag. Might as well have you on the show. You you literally have had people reach out to him to complain about me. I had pastors within our denomination who've disagreed with me on stuff and, and try to go through him to get me. I feel so bad for people. It's like, you know, uh, Charlie uh, tells people he works for a lawyer, which is technically true, although I'm inactive on the bar list. Philip used to tell people he was in radio, and, and now he says he just does digital marketing for a company. He doesn't admit it. Um, my wife would deny that I was hers if, if possible. Uh, I, I just, people who work for me just tell people because, and you know, everybody means well. Everybody means well. But I have discovered it is the weirdest phenomenon. No one who takes issue with me wishes to come talk to me. Instead, they go to the people around me. So people go up to my wife to say, "What? why did he say X, Y, or Z? My wife does not listen to me. The secret of a happy marriage. She does not listen. I mean, she doesn't listen to me off the air. Anyway, let's just be honest. I'm the husband, but she doesn't listen to me on the radio. No. My parents do. By the way, Mom, I owe you a phone call. I'll call you when I'm off the air. Uh, it's been a little crazy. I'll tell you about it. Um, my parents listen, but Charlie and Philip know they have absolute plausible deniability. They they absolutely do. Uh, I told Philip when he started working for me, it would be easier to tell people he couldn't work because he was on the sex offender registry than to tell people that he worked for me. Uh, and he didn't believe me. Well, now 
I mean, he was telling me the other night he went to a Christmas party in his neighborhood. I'm not even on the local radio station where he lives, and people were coming up to him because they listen on the live stream or the podcast or they commute to Atlanta and listen to me. All that is to say, I feel bad for my pastor and my seminary, and I haven't even taken classes in a couple of years, and I'm about to start back, but they get hate mail about me too. Uh, in fact, the, the the new guy says he's gotten like 10 different uh, letters or emails complaining about me from people who he doesn't even know them, but they went to him and want to know why I was a student. And uh, unfortunately, until next semester, he can say, honestly, well, he hasn't taken classes here in a few years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it just keeps as the show grows, it gets worse. I was I got recognized. I was in Las Vegas uh, and um, I, I was I was in Las Vegas. And where was I? I was about to go shoot machine guns, and I'm standing outside of, of a casino. And a guy ca- came up and couldn't believe it was me in Las Vegas, but it was me and, and just said he liked the show. And a craps dealer, too. I, luckily, I was I was of good sobriety and sound mind at the craps table. And he said he was about to get off work and go listen to me on the radio. Um, it's just it was, it was kind of funny. Um, it is, it's kind of weird, too. It is very, very weird to be knee-deep in the vegetables at the grocery store and have somebody want to come up and talk to you. But nonetheless, I'm flattered. Thank you. All that is to say, the Christmas show is done, and if you want to get it, we'll push it out on podcasts and all that. Uh, you got to text the word ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I will. You will hear my voice on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's the one day I do deep theology, so just be prepared for it. But I got some great interviews. My buddy Eric Reed is a pastor in Nashville, and his son died December 4th, several years ago. And so we are going to have a conversation about those of you who are grieving someone's loss in the holiday season. He lived it, still lives it. And how do you navigate that? Um, Just good conversation. I even interviewed Charlie's pastor. Now, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. I'm going to apologize for going down the rabbit hole. Before I go down the rabbit hole, I want you to know I apologize. This is off the beaten path. This is not political. I don't just do politics here. There's life and culture. There's family. There's kids. There's people who reply all on emails who should know better. And then there's the paper boy who disappeared 41 years ago. Y'all may remember this. He's one of the kids made famous on the back of a milk carton. So kids, milk used to come in cardboard containers. It was lined so it didn't leak. And they would stamp on the back of the milk carton the faces of missing kids with their details. And this kid was one of the first that became famous. His name was John David Ghosh. He went missing on September 5th, 1982 from West Des Moines, Iowa. Born November 12th, 1969, he went missing. He was 140 pounds, 5'7", brown hair, blue eyes, never seen again. He's been missing for 41 years. CNN has the story. I vaguely remember. Now, I was only, I mean, I was real little when this happened, but I remember having heard the story. 
He was out on his paper route. A man came up to him. Neighbors saw the man come up to him. He was in a particular car. Came up to him, seemed to ask him a question, and drove away. And then someone else, younger person, came up to him and disappeared. And then the kid was gone. Nobody knew where he was. His father wound up delivering all the papers. The, the family knew he was missing because the neighbors started calling, asking, asking, where's Johnny? Haven't gotten my newspaper. So the dad went out looking for him and found his uh, red flyer wagon filled with newspapers. Johnny was nowhere to be seen, wasn't sure what was going on, but delivered the papers and only then realized Johnny's gone. 41 years later, Johnny is still gone. Presumed dead, except his mother who is in her 80s now, says that Johnny showed up about 15 years ago. Told her he was okay. Had been involved in some very bad stuff and for her safety and his needed to go away, but wanted her to know he was okay. People started showing up. Telling her they had learned yoga breathing techniques from Johnny because she was a yoga instructor and and could describe him. He had a, a a birthmark on his chest that looked just like the shape of South America. Had some other distinguishing characteristics that had been left out of all the news coverage of him. People said they'd seen him. A man who was in prison was recorded by an investigator saying he was the kid who talked to Johnny Gosh and helped shove him into the car where the two bad men in the car chloroformed him and carried him away. Now this is where it gets a little weird. The man, who at the time was a slightly older boy, says that Johnny Gosh was kidnapped and taken to Nebraska. Paul Bonacci, when he was 23 years old, had suffered a miserable childhood full of sexual abuse and horrors. Once told a psychiatrist his first stepdad had chopped up toys with an axe. Bonacci says he met a boy named Mike in Omaha. Bonacci told him about some of the abuse he suffered. Mike was interested, introducing him to a man named Emilio, who produced child porn, according to Bonacci. It was 1982, and Bonacci was 15 years old, and just before Labor Day weekend, Mike and Emilio invited Bonacci on a trip with them to Iowa. Bonacci's recounted the same story repeatedly and gets a whole lot of details about Johnny Gosh Wright. That he helped kidnap Gosh. He tried to back out till they put a gun to his head and threatened to kill him. And he helped kidnap Johnny Gosh. And then when they got back to Nebraska, performed sex acts, on his fellow minor with an adult and filmed them for sale. And ultimately someone named the Colonel showed up and carried the boys away. And the boys were placed into a human trafficking ring where the boys were used to blackmail public officials and famous people. And that, both are alive, and Gosh eventually escaped, made contact with his mother, 
and is living somewhere in the United States under an assumed name and now has a family and lives in fear of being discovered by the sex trafficking ring. What's so interesting is that uh, the police never did a detailed investigation. In fact, um, it's tied now to another scandal involving this Bonacci kid who made claims in Nebraska about a sex trafficking ring of uh, bankers and lawyers and officials in Nebraska, and all of it was ruled to be a bunch of uh, hooey and BS, but upon further investigation, members of the state legislature have enough proof to believe that the guy was telling the truth, that there was some powerful group of people engaged in human trafficking. And then maybe it's tied together. Noreen Gosh divorced her husband. She remarried and says one day Johnny showed up with another man and seemed very uh, nervous, nervous to be there, was guarded in the information she would give, he would give her. He said for her own protection, y'all, this is a wild ride at CNN. I mentioned this because of this new story today. Over 170 of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates will be named in court documents set to be unsealed at the beginning of 2024. Dozens of Epstein's high-profile associates are in for a New York New Year surprise as they'll be named in court documents. The pedophiles, powerful friends, are set to be exposed as part of a vast unsealing that a judge ordered on Monday to take place in 14 days. This release date will be January 1st, but that's a holiday, so it'll be the next day. Some 177 people will be identified across hundreds of files, which will shed new light on the late financier's sex trafficking operation and his network of influence. And then there is this from the Daily Beast, 28 alleged customers of a high-end brothel network in Massachusetts and Virginia that required prospective clients to provide an email, work details, and a reference before booking an appointment face being unmasked after complaints against them were submitted to the Cambridge District Court. Although currently incognito, the Johns could be named. Acting U.S. Attorney Joshua Levy says if a court hearing sniffs out probable cause. Levy added that the brothel's little black book read like a who's who of professional classes, doctors, lawyers, military officials, professors, and tech tycoons. Pick a profession. They're probably represented in this case. They, three or three men, Jinming Lee, Han Lee, and James Lee were charged in November with a conspiracy to coerce and entice travel to engage in illegal sex activity. They were running a human trafficking ring. You got Epstein, you got this, and now you've got this crazy report from CNN that in the 80s, this boy was kidnapped and placed into a human trafficking ring where powerful people who wanted to engage in deviant acts with children were lured in and filmed to be blackmailed at a later date. And the boy was kidnapped and placed into it. Now, CNN runs through this whole story. They're like, ah, look, there are a lot of people who think he's dead, but there was a corrupt police chief who refused to investigate. There are other corrupt people along the way. And now you've got this guy who gives a, like very detailed specifics who wouldn't know those details unless he was involved, swears by the story, claims the guy's alive. The mom who was convinced he was dead claims that her son paid a visit to him to her about 15 years ago and is still very much alive and that he's on the run and hiding from a, a detailed human trafficking ring that used him to lure in powerful politicians, among others. I'm sorry, as much as you go down this rabbit hole and it sounds crazy, there's just too much there there to not realize. I mean, look at the Hunter Biden situation. 
powerful people with a lot of money want deviant things, and there are people there to provide it for them and blackmail them. And if they can kidnap Asian girls and Eastern European girls into human trafficking rings, why can't they kidnap an American kid in 1982? It is a wild, deviant thing. And all I will say, I'll leave it here. I've gone on too long on this. Your sins will find you out, and you will face justice, if not this life, certainly the next. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Oh, I I got to. Ted, I got to take your phone call here because Charlie has no idea who you're talking about, and I know precisely who you're talking about. Welcome. Yes, sir. If you know the name Papa Joe. I sure do. Fantastic. Papa, Papa Joe is my daddy's first cousin. Really? And um, the, re- the reason I bring that up to you is because, first of all, I appreciate so much that you mentioned, Mercer, the way that you do, and the fact that you bring your faith into the show. And the reason I'm calling on the Open Mic Friday is because if you knew Papa Joe, did you happen to go to his memorial service? No, I couldn't. I was actually traveling. I wanted to go. Well, if it's any indication, he passed away in November, and they had to wait until February the following year because of the number of people who wanted to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we sat there in the service, and again, knowing Papa Joe our entire life, Dad's first cousin, knew him, and my dad looks exactly like him, by the way. But <laughs> in sitting there, what was revealed when he basically integrated Mercer University all on his own yep. and the steps that he took to do it. If you know his background, please share that story one day, similar to the story you just shared about the missing boy from years ago. People don't understand that there were a lot of quiet warrior heroes like Papa Joe who in the background made things happen and let God have the glory and no one else. You know, that guy, I remember, uh, and for the, okay, so some of you will, uh, if you, if you, my alma mater's Mercy University, and, and there was just an iconic professor named uh, Joe Hendricks. They called him Papa Joe. Uh, he died at 81 back in 2015 and was just, I mean, he really was an icon and pretty much single-handedly forced the integration of Mercy University back in the day. And the guy was just a giant uh, in the civil rights movement, will get no credit except for those who knew him, but was just a remarkable guy. Ted, listen, I, I, I appreciate you calling in and, and, and bringing him up. Uh, he was also just one of the neatest professors who you, you didn't, it didn't matter where you stood on an issue. He, he treated you with respect uh, and he pushed you. And, and this, he, this was an old school professor. So it didn't matter if you were progressive, he was going to play devil's advocate with you as a conservative. If you were a conservative, he was going to play devil's advocate with you as, as, as a liberal. And he just wanted everyone to succeed. And just it, it, remarkable, but yeah, pretty much single-handedly integrated. Uh, my alma mater pushed the issue on the university, whether they wanted it or not, um, and just lived just a selfish, selfless, selfless life. Uh, what a good reminder of a great guy. All right, when we come back, I'll take more of your phone calls, 877-973-7425. And the outrage of the day at the New York Times is Bluey, the cartoon. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... 
that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Greetings, conversationalists. It is the last 30 minutes that you got me this week. Uh, so if you want to call in, now's the time, 877-973-7425. I want to go to the phones. Uh, and Glenn, you're going to be next on the show. I was actually talking about this on TV this morning. Welcome. Thank you, sir, for taking my call. Yes, sir, I was just wondering if uh, if you had seen, and now you tell me you have about that, uh, state of New York wanting to start requiring restaurants to be open seven days a week, and they say it's really pointed toward Chick-fil-A. So if you'll comment on it, I can hang up and listen from there. Yeah, all right. Uh, thank you very much. Yes, I was actually on News Nation this morning at, at 8 o'clock talking about this story. Uh, New York has given Chick-fil-A a license to open in, like, state Tollway Islands, you know, so in Florida and, and other places, New York, they have toll plazas where you can stop and get gas when you're on the toll roads. And because of the nature of the toll roads, you have to stay within the toll roads. And so they have these plazas and they give contracts. And in New York, around the state, they've given contracts to Chick-fil-A. And the problem is that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Now, Almost all of these places have other places to eat, but they have Chick-fil-A's. And the Chick-fil-A's are closed on Sunday. And so a New York legislator thinks that people travel on Sunday, they should be able to eat on Sunday. And so he wants to end the licensing of restaurants that are closed on Sunday from operating in these plazas, in these toll plazas, thinking it's unfair to uh, drivers, uh, people who travel on Sunday, who are hungry, and the Chick-fil-A is closed. Sounds like it plausible makes sense, although keep in mind there are other food options. Uh, they can't get rid of the Chick-fil-A's immediately if this passes because in they can prevent new Chick-fil-A's from taking licenses, but the current Chick-fil-A's are grandfathered in for, uh, I, I the, the reporter this morning said, in some cases, 33 years, they have a license to operate in, in existing locations, but it would preclude an expansion of the Chick-fil-A's in these plazas. Now, some of you are listening, and you're nodding along and saying, look, I think it's dumb. It's only one day. It's Chick-fil-A. They don't open on Sunday, um, but they got a plausible interest. Now, let me add to the story. I had to bring this up this morning on TV because it wasn't the reporter didn't know. You know who's doing it. That's right. It's a gay rights activist who hates Chick-fil-A. It's a gay rights activist in the New York legislature who has blasted Chick-fil-A for essentially being a bigoted chicken sandwich and the Kathy family for supporting uh, Christian programs and causes, including traditional marriage. Now, the Catholic family hasn't been giving to fund traditional marriage causes in some time, but it doesn't matter. There's no grace in the secular religion. There's no forgiveness. You either have to now write checks to gay rights organizations or else you must be punished. So it puts it at a different angle, doesn't it? Uh, they're not actually being punished 
for being closed on Sundays. By the way, the, the prior Democratic administrations in New York were totally fine giving Chick-fil-A the business. Do you know why? Because Chick-fil-A on six days a week makes more money for the state of New York than the restaurants that were open seven days a week. Yes, another little detail here. The Chick-fil-A's in these toll plazas generate so much revenue for the state of New York that they outpace the revenue generated by other restaurants in the toll plazas that are open seven days a week. You get, in other words, more sales in six days at Chick-fil-A than seven days at the competitors. And that money generates not just taxes, but also additional money for the toll plazas. But Chick-fil-A is a private, family-run company that is Christian, explicitly so. And so the gay rights activist, under the plausibility of this is about people who travel on Sunday, Chick-fil-A can abandon their values if they want. Well, there's another value that he would be fine with Chick-fil-A abandoning, and that is it's, it's Christian values. If they want to start funding gay rights causes and progressive causes, he'll back down, I'm sure. But because it's Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday, that, that's his angle to get them. By the way, I know several progressives who hate Chick-fil-A. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not making this up. I, I used to work with a guy who not only refused to eat at Chick-fil-A, but complained about people bringing Chick-fil-A to the office for breakfast. He literally complained because people at the office, management, would bring Chick-fil-A to the office for people. They'd bring chicken biscuits to the office, and he's gay, and he found it offensive and complained to HR that people would bring Chick-fil-A to the office. No, I'm not making that up. It was absolutely insane. And good on HR for saying, I mean, if people want to bring Chick-fil-A, we're not going to stop them from bringing Chick-fil-A. But there are some people so militant. I mean, it's it's no different from the people who, I mean, they, they won't shop at, at, at Target because from the right because Target offends their sensibilities. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But to target a whole business for punishment because you don't like the values of the company, and that's what this is really about. And the guy from a legal standpoint has been building his case that this is about business on Sundays. There is a, two problems, though. His prior statements on Chick-fil-A are flat-out hostile to Chick-fil-A because of the faith of its owners. And the other problem is that Chick-fil-A in six days generates more revenue for the state of New York than its competitors do in seven days in the same locations. That's pretty staggering. People love Chick-fil-A. You know, this is kind of the funny thing about the left-hating Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A does everything that they say a business should do. Chick-fil-A helps its employees go to school. It works around their life schedules. It pays higher wages than the competitors. And it gives every single employee a day off to rest or worship as they see fit without penalizing them in pay. And gives them all sorts of holidays, too. It's kind of a remarkable company. It is the sort of company, the, the family, Truett Cathy, when he founded it, wanted the company to reflect his values as a Christian. And his values as a Christian meant you give people off 
one day a week to worship the God of their choice or to rest because God says a day of rest is good. You pay them a fair wage. You are not there to take advantage of them. You pay them more. They're more invested in the company, and they're better employees. And anyone who has ever eaten at a Chick-fil-A compared to your other local fast food restaurant knows it's true. I have only one serious complaint about Chick-fil-A. It is that, well, okay, I have two complaints about Chick-fil-A. The first complaint is my biggest complaint about Chick-fil-A, and it is that the Chick-fil-A opened across the street from my neighborhood. Now, some of you are thinking, Erickson, why is it bad that the Chick-fil-A opened across the street from your neighborhood? Do you have any idea how much money my children spend on a daily basis at Chick-fil-A? Oh, my goodness. I am an elite member of Chick-fil-A after like one month every year. My kids eat Chick-fil-A night and day. And if I'm not home, it's what they do. It is their default. Y'all, I thought having a Chick-fil-A open outside my neighborhood would be a great thing. No, it is not. I cannot get ahead in life because my children eat Chick-fil-A. When I'm not there, they're having chicken nuggets for dinner. They'd have chicken nuggets. In fact, my kid has figured out he can get chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A for breakfast by um, ordering them because he does he doesn't actually want the bread. He just wants the chicken. Seriously, I, I just it, it is it is a, like a ruination to my bottom line. My second problem with Chick-fil-A is that I have concocted a sandwich that I love, a breakfast sandwich and a lunch sandwich. So I get the grilled chicken club and I leave off the tomato and lettuce. But I pile on the bacon. It's basically a bacon sandwich with a little chicken. And nine out of ten times, they don't add the extra bacon. Every once in a while, there will be one rare shining child who adds the extra bacon, and God bless him. And then there is my breakfast sandwich. I only get it once a month, and when you hear what it is, you'll understand why. I only get it once a month. I get it the first Monday. I've disciplined myself. The first Monday of every month, I get my, it is the Erickson breakfast sandwich. Now, listen, Kathy family, if you're listening, you don't have to give me credit for this, but I think you should put it on the menu, and you can just call it the you-know-who's breakfast sandwich, and, and everybody will know it's me. And I swear to you, I have introduced my friends to this sandwich, and it is fantastic. I don't like cheese on my bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. I don't get cheese on it, but you can get cheese on it. That's fine. But I get the bacon and egg biscuit, and I max out the bacon. It's like the bacon, 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 egg biscuit. And then I also add the sausage patty. So it's the sausage patty, it's the scrambled egg, and it is piled high with bacon. And in fact, if they remember all the extra bacon, and sometimes they don't, they have to put it in the little cardboard container. They can't wrap it up because of its size. And as you all know, those of you from the South who are connoisseurs of biscuits, the only really bad thing about the Chick-fil-A biscuit is when they wrap it up in the foil, it gets gummy. McDonald's and its paper wrappers has managed to keep them crisp. Hardee's, by the way, has the best biscuits in the South. Uh, get a biscuit sandwich from Hardee's in the morning, gold standard, hands down, gold standard. Philip doesn't believe me, but he's never eaten a gold standard. Hardy's biscuits in the morning. The Chick-fil-A biscuit gets gummy. 
because of the foil wrappers. But if you pile on the bacon and the sausage, it's too big for the foil wrapper, so they put it in a little cardboard container, and it doesn't steam, so the biscuit stays crisp on the outside, and it's fantastic. It is a bacon, sausage, and egg biscuit from Chick-fil-A with a side of the hash brown tater tots, and it's incredible, and I highly recommend it. You have to use the Chick-fil-A app, though, because you got to pile it all in on the Chick-fil-A app. I have gone on too long about this. I should go to Paul. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fine. Eric, how are you today? I'm great. Wanting a biscuit now. Man, you're making me want a biscuit. Talking about, <laughs> and Hardee's is actually the best biscuit, by the yes. way. Yes. Uh, Chick fil A is pretty awesome, too, but eh, uh, I'd rather have Hardee's. <laughs> yes. But anyway, man, I just uh, I just wanted to call and wish you and your family a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and to uh, say good luck with the Porsche thing, man. Oh, man. <laughs> She's going to definitely want one. <laughs> yeah, she is. She totally is. Listen, thank you very much, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and yours as well. Um, thank it's, you very it's, much, sir. It's going to be fun to to take her up there tomorrow. The kids and I are going to watch while she races, uh, and I'm fine with that. Um, I don't want to vomit. I don't want to be in the car vomiting. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> yes, but you guys have a great Christmas as well. Thank you so much for that. All right, Richard, you're going to be the last caller this week. Welcome. Eric, thank you. And uh, let me channel Paul Harvey here for a moment and tell you the rest of the story. And this is defined as high irony. Back in the 1930s, there was a German-Jewish college student named Kurt Gutmann. And Kurt Gutmann recognized what was going on in Germany in the 30s, and he convinced his parents and their siblings to get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. And they eventually wound up in the United States. Now, Kurt's daughter, Amy, became the first person in that family to graduate from college. She graduated from Harvard. Fast forward, Amy Gutmann was the longest-serving president of the University of Pennsylvania for 18 years. During her tenure there, she had a Showa exhibit that she had displayed at the University of Pennsylvania. And Amy Gutmann was succeeded by this Elizabeth McGill character. And now you know the rest of the story. Wow. That is that wow. That that's Isn't something. that a wow? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, the, the entirety of what these universities have done uh, and their lack of accountability, uh, particularly when you look at, for example, uh, what Harvard has done. By the way, um, Richard, as you and I are talking, uh, an outside organization has just dropped a 400-page report documenting Claudine Gay's history of plagiarism, uh, and wow. they've sent it to the Harvard board, which, of course, has been dismissive of this, uh, but um, I, I, they've got a lot of substance in this report. Uh, listen, thank you for that. I, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, at this. Actually, I, I pulled up uh, Amy Gutman's uh, Wikipedia entry. She is currently the ambassador to Germany. She was the eighth president of the University of Pennsylvania from 2004 to 2022. Her father was the youngest of five children in an Orthodox Jewish family in Germany. 
He was living near Nuremberg, Germany. When Adolf Hitler ascended to power, he fled the Nazis in 1934. As a college student, he brought his entire family, including four siblings, to join him in Bombay, India, where he founded a metal fabricating factory. Kurt Gutman was still living in India in 1948 when he came to New York City for vacation. While there, he attended a benefit at a Manhattan hotel, the Essex House, where he met Beatrice, Amy's future mother, and the two were married weeks later. Uh, fascinating. And so this woman was the president of Pennsylvania, the University of Pennsylvania, left to be Joe Biden's ambassador to Germany and was replaced by a woman who cannot say that genocide of the Jews is hate speech. I wonder if Ambassador Gutman has any regrets leaving the post to someone like that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings. I said 400-page report on Claudine Gay. It's uh, I was skimming fast and misrated. It's 40 uh, distinct allegations uh, she even plagiarized the language of her acknowledgement from the acknowledgement of another scholar without citing the source. She couldn't even say thank you without plagiarizing the language. Uh, this is um, from Claudine Gay. Uh, I'm so grateful to Gary as a methodologist. He reminded me of the importance of getting the data right and following where they lead without uh, fear or favor. Um Sandy Jinks showed me the importance of getting the data right and a following where they lead without fear or favor. I, I, I but but that in and of itself, I'm not sure. But then says, um, forced me to laugh when I'd lost my sense of humor, drove me harder than when I sometimes wanted to be driven, and it also says uh, in this author drove me much harder than I sometimes want to be driven. This is Jennifer Hushchild's facing up to the American dream. Race, class, and the soul of the nation uh, versus Claudine Gay's taking charge, black electoral success. Uh, she writes again, uh, Gary reminded me of the importance of getting the data right and following where they lead without fear or favor. Uh, and he drove me harder than I sometimes wanted to be driven versus uh, Sandy Drink showed me the importance of getting the data right and of following where they lead without fear or favor and drove me harder than I sometimes wanted to be driven. That's kind of wild to have. If it was like just one of those throw-off lines, that's fine, but you've got two paragraphs of similarity and word-for-word phrasing in some cases is kind of remarkable, actually. Um, Time and time again, she did these things. No original thought. By the way, there's a report out today that um, Claudine Gay has, since she became Harvard president, dramatically imposed her will on DEI practices in every single department at that university. I mean, the moral of the story here is do not hire people who go to Harvard starting yesterday because they're not getting an education. They're becoming indoctrinated little anti-Semites, it seems, thanks to Claudine Gay and what she's done at that place. All right, I'm going to step out for a few days. You guys have a great Christmas. I'll be back here on Christmas Day with you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.